Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in this series called Community. Pastor Sean has some great ideas on helping you build that community with purpose. This is Real Life Radio. Let's go back to one of our core passages that we've looked at each week, Ephesians chapter 2. Remember, I'm going to begin at verse 19, but just before that, Paul had made reference to the idea of a body, that metaphor. But then in verse 19 in Ephesians 2, Paul says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. There's that family idea. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That's so powerful. He's not just saying the the church universal. He's saying, no, no, you too, specifically, you believers in Ephesus, you guys are being built. You guys in San Antonio, you're being built by the work of God's spirit to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. He speaks of purpose. And again, he talks about Jesus as his cornerstone. This building begins and ends with Jesus. And so when we want to understand our purpose, we ask, what was Jesus' purpose? Well, we'll talk about that in just a moment. But it also talks about structure. A building always has structure. There's the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What was their purpose? What were they about? We're part of something that started a long time ago. We don't just get to make it up on our own. What was the purpose of the apostles and the prophets? What were they trying to do? And Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. But that, the whole metaphor of a building speaks of structure. And in Ephesians 4, a few chapters later, verse 11, 12, Paul talks about that structure a little bit. And I want us to look at that. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. He himself gave. And what, was, what did he give? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You know what those are? Those are leaders. He gave leaders to make sure the body is moving together. There's structure. And that's one of those things that's so significant. The body has to have some sense of structure and unity. That's where some people, that's where the rub is. Like, I'm I'm fine with the Father. I can even, okay, loving some brothers and sisters. That's cool. But I I don't need leaders. I don't want a leader. I don't want any leaders in my life. Well, the Word says that's one of the things that Jesus gave. And the design of leaders is to keep us moving in the purpose that God intended. And I'll say right now, I know some leaders in the body of Christ, and of course, all other areas of life, have mishandled their leadership. And I'll say it to you again. If that has happened to you, I am sorry. Leaders shouldn't have used their leadership to advance their own interest over yours. They shouldn't have used their leadership for ungodly purposes or to hurt people. But sometimes sinful people do. And so I'm sorry if that's happened to you, but be careful not to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Don't miss that God intends for this because here's the problem. Isaiah 53 says one of the problems. Remember Isaiah 53 is talking about, G, about the Messiah who would be crucified and give his life for us. And the reason it says is all we like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way. That, isn't that the essence of sin? God says, no, no, I've got a path for you. It's a path of blessing. It's a path of life. I've got a destiny for you. Follow me and I will give you life, says the Lord. And we say, I don't want to follow you. I want to do my own thing. All we like sheep have gone astray. That's the core, the essence of the sin nature. 
God, I don't need you. I don't care if you're the designer, the creator. I'll do it my own way. And so that's the design of leaders in the body to keep us walking the same direction. In Hebrews 13, verse 7 and 8, he talks about leaders. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Very important thing. Look at their life. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Skip down to verse 17, more about leaders. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Remember that, leaders. There will be a day when we give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Leadership is a part of God's plan. It's part of this structure of this building to keep us on task because the community is not just a place to hang out. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. So important. The community is God's building designed for His eternal purpose. That's why I said a while ago, we don't get to just say, oh, this church, well, we're going to be about this instead of God's purpose. No, no. The community is God's building. He's doing something. It's His and it's for His purpose. We don't get to just make it up as we go along. Because we're built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. And so that's how this building is to be designed. It's God's and it's designed for his eternal purpose. I want to real quickly look at three biblical purposes for the community. And whether that be the Christian community at large, this community called River City, or the community groups where the real one another ministry happens, where the real stuff happens that we've been talking about so much. First thing, first purpose, the community is built for a mission. The community is built for a mission. Matthew 16, 18, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. First time the word church occurs in Scripture. It's that reference to the community that I shared with you, ecclesia. And it's interesting, Jesus says, I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Overcome it? That, that seems like there's some sort of conflict. There absolutely is. This mission of ours is more like a combat mission, a battle, than it is like a kind of a business mission statement. Because we are in in a war for souls. We are in a war for souls. We are contending over people. Because apart from God, people are lost outside of the life he created them for and destined for an eternity separated from him. We are contending over. For people's souls. Listen to how Jesus said it when he had a chance to declare his own ministry. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. He's asked to share, to read the scripture in the temple. And he takes the book of Isaiah, the scroll from the book of Isaiah. And he quotes. And it was a well-known passage about Messiah. And at the end, he says, today that passage has been fulfilled. In other words, he says, that's my mission. And here's what he said. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's Jesus' mission, so that's our mission. Contending for souls, and this is how it happens. Proclaim good news to the poor. That's not just the materially poor, although it includes those people. But it's to the poor. Remember what Jesus said in the Beatitudes? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Anyone who recognizes that apart from God, I'm lost. Anyone who's lived long enough to have feel the pain of their sin and says, I need a Savior. This is good news. Preach good news to the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And if you're not poor in spirit, then this isn't really good news. Good news, there's a Savior. I don't need to be saved. I'm, I'm good. I got it. I got it covered. But for those who have the wisdom to have a poverty of spirit and understand their need, this is good news. 
He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. You ever felt imprisoned by anything? It was habits, patterns, addictions in your life, thought life, pornography, financial things, issues that just that you just can't seem to get free from. You feel like a prisoner. Jesus says, here's the message, release for the prisoners. I want to set you free. Recovery of sight for the blind, not just the physically blind, but those who just are lost and can't seem to find their way. To set the oppressed free. Have you ever felt oppressed or burdened or weighed down? He says, you're going to be set free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's the message we get to share. We get to go out and declare the message. Good news. Father's not angry. Come home. Father's not angry. Come home. He made a way. But I'm a horrible sinner. God didn't want any part of me. No, you're totally wrong. You're right. You are a horrible sinner. But God loves you and made a way on the cross of Jesus Christ. And good news, we're all horrible sinners. You'll be in great company. We are all people who have been forgiven and set free by the cross of Jesus Christ and by the power of His Spirit in us. That's the gospel. And we get to share that. We get to share that with people. Yeah, go ahead. That's the Lord's Word. That's our mission. Plain and simple. Paul said it in... in, Corinthians, the second letter of the Corinthians, he said he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Come home. See, that's we, we talk about focusing on people who aren't here yet. Because it's not enough that we're in the room. That, that's not enough. The fact that we're here is, isn't enough. And it's like we can get, if, we're, if all we focus on is the fact that we're here, we can get, become very self-focused. People who aren't here yet matter to God. God so loved the world. Our mission is very simply more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. And it's very important. It's more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Some people have a hard time with that part, more people, because they get, they're a little bit nervous about church, large churches. And they're, they're like, okay, you know, large churches all become corrupt. And first of all, let me just tell you, I know pastors of large, much larger churches than ours. That's not a true statement. There certainly are some that get off track, and there are lots of small churches that get off track. I've found that that size is kind of irrelevant to that. But when people get upset and annoyed about the size of the thought of a large church, and they'll ask me that question, well, how big is big enough? Now that I'm here, we're big enough, right? Because now that I'm in, because I don't want any more people. I'm glad you had room for me when I came, but now that I'm in, we're, we're good, right? They never actually say it that way, but that's what they mean, okay? How big is big enough? And my answer is always the same. When every person is saved, that's big enough. Every person like in Selma? No, no, no. In the whole world. And, and I'm not saying they all need to come here. This is, the mission isn't just about us. It's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. But my hope and prayer, because we're about the mission, my hope and prayer is that we will be able to have space to make disciples and help people find life in Christ. That's our mission. And we want to take a quick break to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Community. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermons page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you think you'd like to come and visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. 
Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, Building with Purpose. This is Radio for Real Life. Matthew 28, 18 and 20, this is really where it all comes from. Jesus came to them and said, this is one of the final things he said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is all nations. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Do you know, even in our groups, one, one of the things that a number of our community groups have done in the past, just to keep this in mind, so we don't come just about us. We remember our mission. They'll put an empty chair in the room. So everybody's got a chair or a place on the couch or wherever it is, and then they put an empty chair there to remember those who aren't here yet. And they pray for the person who's supposed to be in that chair. It's just a little reminder, something to say, you know, it's not just about us. God so loved the world. The community is built for a mission because community is God's building designed for his eternal purpose. We read Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. I want to read that again, but then I want to go into verse 13. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God become mature. Make note of that word. We become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The community is built for maturity. Not only is it built for mission, it is built for maturity. We are supposed to grow. And the measure is the fullness of Christ. That's the measure. You know, so like if we had one of those deals like your your mom had in her bedroom closet, you know, or that that door where you sign a mark, and, oh, look, little Sean, he's growing up there. How cute, you know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Well, how's that? Well, here's Jesus. That's the mark. That's the mark. Become like Jesus. His spirit working through us. Maturity. I shouldn't be the same today as I was five years ago. I should be a little bit a little bit more like Jesus. A little bit more patient. A little bit more loving. A little bit more focused on things that matter. A little better to my family. A little, all the areas of my life, I should be maturing. If any of our children do not grow when they're born and they don't grow, we quickly take them to the doctor because we know that's not normal. I just want to say, Christians, it's not normal that we wouldn't grow. That we wouldn't grow, become more like Jesus, be different as we know the word and as the roots of our spiritual life grow deeper. The purpose of making disciples, remember they said making disciples, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. And it doesn't say teaching them everything I've commanded you. Like, wait a minute. No, it does. No, it it doesn't say that. It doesn't say teaching them everything I've commanded you. It says teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That, those two little words make all the difference in the world. Because there's people... I've been in Bible studies, and they've, they've filled their heads with Scripture and with understanding, and, and they've been doing it their whole lives, and they go, I don't know why nothing changes. I'm wrestling with the same thing as I was 15 years ago, same today, and I don't see any hope. And people get discouraged and beaten up, and they go, does any of this work? Does it make a difference? The power is not in filling your head with knowledge. G- give me one 
command or one truth of Scripture that you actually apply versus 20 that you don't. Because it's in the application that the power of God is released. That's when your faith is built. Because when you actually step out in faith and do what the Word says, all of a sudden you see God work and you see Him meet your needs and you see Him His presence and you see something change. Your faith is built. It changes you. You can study the Scripture till you're blue in the face, fill your head with knowledge, and if you never live it, you'll never grow. And it is a sad testimony to so many of our churches that it is possible to be there 20 years and never grow. How about we just decide we're not going to let that happen here? We're going to be people who understand that purpose of the church, built for maturity, and we're supposed to grow. And that's one of the primary emphasis of all our community groups, to help each other mature the way we're supposed to. That's what we do in group life. I've shared with our congregation before that discipleship is actually fairly simple. It really is. Once you become a follower of Jesus, you're saved, forgiven. Listen for his voice. Do what he says. If you'll do that, listen for his voice through the word, through prayer, through community and mature believers in your life. Listen for God's voice. When, when the minute you know God resonates something in your heart and says, I want you to do that. That's my way for you. Or stop doing this or start doing that. Listen for his voice and do exactly what he says. That's how maturity happens. And in our groups, we want to help encourage one another in our obedience and in our maturity. So you should, you should have two questions that you know the answer to. Okay? What is my next step in maturity? And I would challenge you. Do you know what your next step in maturity is? Do you know that thing that God's nudging you with? Maybe when we talked about that series about finances, you got that little kind of, oh, kind of feeling. You know what I'm talking about. Half indigestion, half the Lord speaking to me thing, you know? Because you knew God's been nudging me about getting a handle on finances because I'm not free and he wants me to be free. And so you, you knew, oh, man, God's setting me up. That's a good thing. Maybe it's in your relationship with your spouse. I need to handle my relationship with my spouse different or my kids or something at work, how I, how I conduct my business, how I treat my clients, whatever it is. I don't know. But you, know, you should know what are the steps or the next step of maturity that God's asking of me. Maybe it's a step of leadership in the body of Christ. And then you should also be able to say, how can my community group help me achieve that? Encourage me, remind me, pray for me, just support me. Because that's what we want to be. That's a group with purpose, helping one another grow. Because the community is God's building, designed for his eternal purpose. Last thing, and I'll wrap with this. The community is built for multiplication. Very important. The community is built for multiplication. Ephesians 4, so important. He listed the leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. This is such good news. We are the job of leaders. Our job is to equip the saints. People sometimes say, well, who's the minister at River City? Well, Sean's the minister, or they got a bunch of pastors, and these, these are the ones who are the ministers. That's all wrong. We're your pit crew. You're the ministers. That's what the Bible says. Our job is to make sure you have what you need, you're encouraged, you're equipped, you have the training, the resource. And stop and think about it now. So instead of having like eight, ten pastors at River City, we got a couple thousand ministers here. Imagine a couple thousand people who go out into the world to office complexes, work yards, schools, downtown, around the city. Imagine all those people equipped and recognizing I've been called to do a mission. Imagine the explosive potential of that 
design. That's the design he had. Not that, well, the pastor, he's the minister, and we come and we watch him and we encourage him and we give our tithes and and hope it goes well. And if he screws up, we are on him. (laughs) I mean, how messed up is that? Especially the last part. No, I'm just... (laughs) But, but stop and think about flipping that over where, where we leaders, we're your pit crew. We're here to help make sure you have what you need, that you're equipped and ready to go so that we send a couple thousand ministers out into the city every week. That's the kingdom. 2 Timothy 2, 2 says, And these things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. We're called to equip. And that is the secret to growth in the body of Christ. There are too many, and I want to bring just a challenge here. There are too many equippers who are not equipping in this fellowship. Too many people who are mature believers who should be helping to equip someone else. To minister in the way you minister, to be a follower of Jesus the way you're a follower of Jesus. Because you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be perfect. Just you have to be a few steps ahead of someone else to be able to help them and encourage and equip them. Too many equippers sitting on the sidelines here right now. I want to challenge you with that. If you're a mature believer, who are you equipping in the body to, to raise up and do what you do? And some people get nervous on this. This is one of those things where, where you can get a l- little bit fearful. Like, well, but if I equip someone else, then they won't need me. It doesn't work that way at all. In fact, you become a good equipper who's able to raise up others, train them, and release them, you, you will become indispensable. <laughs> And it really is true. People get very nervous. You know, when we started out at River City, I was like, I, I was, of course, the first small group leader. I preached, led first worship leader, hospital visits, whatever was needed. You know, I was involved in it because I was like the pastor. I quickly learned uh, I better start giving ministry away and let there be other people doing ministry, other pastors, or we're never going to grow beyond my capacity. You see, one of the big things is this increases our capacity. Yeah, but don't I, be, don't I become superfluous then? Not at all. You actually, I've described it to people like as we've grown and I've given away ministry and then others give away ministry and it's like I have a smaller piece but of a bigger pie. So my plate's every bit as full. It's not like I become superfluous and unnecessary. It's just we are able to extend, and so there's more opportunity. I become more focused. My ministry has changed throughout the years, and so does everybody who matures. It seems like that's kind of normal, maturing as a parent. My roles change, and they should. Well, as a pastor, as a leader, and you as a leader, as a minister in the fellowship, your roles should change. But the secret to us having the capacity, God will never send more people than we can care for, we can disciple And we can raise up in ministry. He'll never send us more people than than we'll do that with. And the secret is multiplication. Equipping others. Giving the ministry away. That is one of the powerful purposes of this community. To raise up leaders for the kingdom. The community is God's building designed for his eternal purpose. I want to challenge you um, as I close. A number of you, you know, we've had, as of, like last night, we had over 225 people who had signed up for group link. Um. I just want to say, if you're not in a group, it all starts in community. And the the one and other ministries, all of it, it's all about actually doing it with real people. And that happens in community groups. I just want to challenge you. Don't sit on the sidelines. Go for it. Go for it. You can go outside and go to the the Connection Center right there in between the doors, and they can sign you up. The group link deal there, they'll sign you up. Group link is this Tuesday night right here. You can sign up for child care. We will hook you up. 
and get where the action is. I want to challenge all of us who are in groups and those who are about to be. Embrace and pursue the purpose of the community. Do the one another stuff. Care for one another. Be a family. And then embrace and pursue the purpose, the mission of community. Imagine this. Imagine the power of a group of spirit-filled people loving one another and pursuing God's purpose together. Imagine it. I'll tell you what. That happens. The gates of hell don't stand a chance. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Community. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times, including the Saturday night service, also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.